Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Adrian Goldberg's talk show, the home of celebrity interviews, amazing real life stories and a few investigations too along the way. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to the award winning blogger Lucy Goes Dating, who offered a fascinating insight into trying to meet someone new as a woman in early middle age. Well, this time, the same situation viewed from a male perspective. Glenn Oxco blogs as a dating dad, and he also hosts the Swiped Out Dating Podcast. Glenn has four kids, two boys and two girls, and had been happily married until three years ago when he discovered his wife had been having an affair. Glenn, welcome along. Good to have you with us. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, tell me a little bit about your marriage then, Glenn, because I suppose this is where your public story starts and you're not shy about sharing it on your blog. What was life like before the blog? Well, I've got to say it was uh, in many ways uh, weirdly idyllic <laughs> right until the very end. We basically didn't argue. We'd, we'd been together for 18 years. I actually I met her when I was 17, got together at 18 uh, first kid by 23 and you know the, the rest of them kind of just felt like the right thing to do after that um, I just fully expected for us to to be one of those couples that ends up dancing at their golden golden wedding anniversary you know several decades down the line with their great-grandchildren unfortunately for me it, it wasn't to be uh, after about you know 18 years of marriage nothing in my mind had gone gone bad but of course I'd things change over time I'd been volunteering an awful lot um, I used to be a school governor because I wanted to uh, help my kids' schools get better. Um, I coached my son's football team and I would got involved in a little bit of politics after the whole Brexit debate and uh, decided I, I couldn't stand by and not do anything and, and look back with regret in that regard. So, yeah, I was volunteering a fair bit. But in my mind, I thought, well, this is a short bit of short term pain of, a, a, of time. We still saw each other evenings and weekends. Um, my my ex ended up getting quite a lot more distant, sadly for me. Lots of, looking back, it's very obvious, but lots of time on her phone, lots of working late, and uh, yeah, then then one fateful evening in in January 2017, I uh, very frustrating and sadly for me, uh, caught her in a hotel in Maidstone uh, with her 19 year old boyfriend. Yeah, it wasn't the, uh, the, the the calmest of evenings and certainly shook life up more than a little bit after that. And when you say you caught her, I mean, did you have a suspicion and then try and discover this relationship or was it purely coincidence? Well, I'd, I'd actually not had any suspicion at all until well past Christmas. Over Christmas, she was getting a bit more, I'd say, remote, not really dialing in, even, even to the fact that the kids used to basically pull her up and say, mum, can you be in the room with us rather than on your phone? I ended up going to the US for a work trip. I had a, I worked for a US company at the time. And when I came back, you know, I just felt something hadn't been right. So I wanted to address it. So I took her out for date night. Didn't really get the chance to do it very much. Not not with four kids and uh, not not loads of money spare at the time. So I thought, well, let's, let's go out. We went for food and went bowling, arcades, you know, just trying to have fun. And over a drink, I just leaned over to her and, and just said, look, I want you to know I love you. I, I'm i in love with you and I, I still really fancy you. And I know I don't say it enough, but I want you to know that. And she just looked away and replied that she was really unhappy and our marriage was in trouble. And then, uh, yeah, a few days later, she was going to a work party. And I, I you know, when I, the next day after that, 
that confession from her, I'd quit being a school governor, quit the coaching, quit everything. Cause I said, nothing, no, no volunteering is more important than my marriage and my family. Uh, just, she didn't really engage though. And she was going to a work, work birthday party, she meant to be staying at a friend's house who lived in a village over the, down the road. And like you say, you, you end up having these suspicions and they wear away at you and they just, it just wouldn't stop. And so at the end of the night, I did something which I'd literally only learned how to do by watching an episode of Modern Family two days earlier. I did something that I'm kind of partly ashamed of still, but I was going crazy. I actually used our our joint iTunes account to do the find my iPhone thing. And yeah, I called her afterwards after she'd been gone for quite some time. And I knew the party had finished because all the Facebook posts from her friends had said it's all finished. And I called her and just said, well, how are you doing? And she said, oh, it's fine. We just got back to our friend's house in, in the village and deciding whether we're going to have drinks or not. And so I asked her, well, can you just be honest with me? If you're at your friend's house, how comes your phone is in a Premier Inn in Maidstone? And then she hung up. Turns out that that was the, the first night she got properly together with him. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was kind of the the smash grab freeze scratch frame moment to say, you know, how's my life got here? And that's where all, everything changed. Wow. And did you go and confront her in that Premier Inn? Well, I did go down to the Premier Inn, but then realised, of course, they're not going to let me in. And it's no, I couldn't put the hotel staff in that position. So yeah, that didn't really get much chance to to do anything. And as I was waiting outside, I figured, well, what's going to happen? You know, there could be a violent confrontation, in which case I risk my chance of like not retaining my kids because I was never going to lose them, but it would have made it more difficult for me as a, as a dad. And my feelings are way subservient to anything to do with my kids. So I literally just had to, to bottle it up, go home, didn't sleep, um, but had to kind of force myself not to do anything because I didn't want to jeopardize anything between me and my kids. And, and, and that was it really. Wow. So until certainly the weeks leading up to this, you had no inkling that she was unhappy and no suspicion that your relationship would, would come to an end? Not really. I mean, his name had come up an increasing amount, but I figured he was a teenager. He was only a few years older than our daughter. So, uh, you know, one of those things where you really, really don't expect it. And uh, yeah, I, he was literally the last person on earth. If he'd been a Zac Efron type, I'd have understood it more, but really he's not. And I don't want to get into personal name calling and all that, but yeah, suffice to say it was and is still a shock of all the people in the world for her to have had an affair with. He was the last person I'd have expected. And despite that shock, did you attempt to soldier on, try and come to some kind of reconciliation or was the, from that moment on, was the thing smashed? I think it was It was broken, um, certainly in the way it had been. I actually, obviously, I she left the house. I was That was never in question. So I stayed and I had the kids to concentrate on. And thankfully, they're the things that really kept me sane. I did invite her to move back in for probably about a month or so, mostly because of the kids. And they were, you know, they didn't know what was going on. I couldn't tell them at the time. And... I effectively said to her that I'm moving towards divorce. Imagine you're on a train. Uh, we're on a train and that the destination for that train at the moment is divorce, is separation and, and splitting up. The only thing, I don't know 
if anything can be done to stop it, but I'm happy to, to kind of try and work something out. But unless something drastic changes or something happens, then yeah, we're going to be ended up just divorcing. And after about a month or so, she, she just said she wasn't interested in trying to change the destination. So as soon as that was it, as soon as that happened, she had to, she had to leave. And when you look back on it and you talk about all your volunteering, all the, you know, no doubt well-intentioned work that you were doing in the community, as well as trying to raise four kids, do you blame yourself or do you think, well, no, these, these were good things that I should be able to do as a, a bloke nearing middle age? Well, I think you're always going to blame yourself to some degree. And I know that if I hadn't done all of those things and if I had kind of subsumed my own personality to just sit on a sofa with her because it wasn't uh, she and again this isn't name calling her her interest at the time was to sit and watch terrible us tv shows uh, i wanted to do more than that i wanted to contribute in some way and we were di- we were and are different people and i thought we'd come to a nice happy balance and a medium and i took her her lack of telling me something was wrong to believe that something was right and so I've learned loads about communication and, and expectations in a relationship. And I could have done things differently. Absolutely. Looking back, should I have spotted things sooner? Probably. But when you're ridiculously in love and totally unaware that anyone could or would ever do that to you, you, you don't even think in the same terms. It just wasn't a conversation that ever crossed my mind. So could I have done things? Yes. Should I kick myself for having not done them? I, I don't think so, Fet. Like, hopefully not anyway. Mm. And in the way that your life has now evolved through the blog and through your presence on social media, you are something of a guru, something of an advisor to other people. So if there are people listening to this who, like you, have been in a long-term relationship, have got kids who appear to be settled and who want to avoid the nasty shock that you went through what would what would that advice be oh first of all it's it's talk to your partner and don't take them for granted make sure you're actively planning things to do with each other and checking in constantly just because they've not said they're unhappy doesn't mean they're happy so it is about carving that time out and and making it happen not quite scheduling romance but making sure you are still making them aware that you you love them still and giving them those little gifts or thoughtful notes or the random back rubs that you thought you'd not had to do for 10 years. So don't worry about it. People still crave that. Just think if you were still, if you were dating them and you'd only just started going out, what would you be doing? There's no real excuse not to be doing that just because you've done it several times before. I love a back rub. I'm going to love it in 20 years times as much as I love it tomorrow. So don't give up. Don't stop doing things just because you got a bit bored. Make the effort. Don't give up on the back rub. <laughs> uh, what was it like for your kids? Because, again, I'm guessing just as your world came crashing down and theirs must have too. And you've got kids, four kids, so there's quite an age gap between youngest and oldest, you know, from quite a little one who was, is it seven now, your youngest one? He is indeed, yeah. He's uh, yeah, <laughs> a bit of a handful. And the eldest one is sort of a proper teenager. She's 15 now, my oldest. She's, uh, yeah, I've got a 15-year-old girl, 13-year-old boy, 9-year-old daughter, and a 7-year-old son. 
So, so how was that for them? It was varying degrees of challenging. Uh, obviously, the youngest one, he didn't really know what was going on, bless him. Uh, it was three three years ago now, so he was you know four years old, maybe even just before his birthday, so he would have been three. As far as he's concerned, this is just how life is. Whereas the older ones, they, they comprehended what was going on. I, I made a decision very, from the first day that what had happened had happened from her to me. And I know a lot of people when they they go through divorce, they think, how could he have done this or to our family? Or how could she have done this to me and the kids? Like, no, I'm trying desperately to keep that to me. And, and what she did, she did to me and not to the kids, even though it ended up affecting them. And I made a, a promise to myself not to badmouth her. And yeah, the kids know that, you know, she's not my favorite person in the world and we're never going to be friends, but she's still their mum. And whatever she did to me, she's always going to be their mum. So I made a decision when she's got them, back her punishments up. When she's uh, talking about something and they're annoyed, back her judgment as, mu as much as I would have if we were still together because she needs that level of respect from them, even if she hasn't got the respect from me. It's obvious from what you say that until that moment, you had a deep and enduring love that I'm sure will have changed over the years, but love nevertheless for your wife. How soon after this affair was discovered, did you think, okay, I've got, I've got to accept that this is over and now I can think, now I've got to start thinking about moving on? That was fairly, fairly soon, actually. Uh, I'm a pretty pragmatic person. So as soon as I knew it was definitely over and she was moved out and life had to be different. It was uh, as much as I don't know how ready I was or wasn't at the time. I was ready to start thinking about it. And because we had been so different, I used it as an opportunity to, to reframe myself, to try and use this as a positive. Because if you don't, if I, if I hadn't used it as a positive, then you just get caught in this spiral of negativity and depression. And that wasn't going to fly because yeah, I've got kids to look after. So anything I could use to keep me in the, okay, well, these, what's the new opportunity? So whether it was redecorating the way I wanted to decorate or listening to the music I wanted to listen to, I also took the, the chance to think, well, what do I want from a partner? Because my ex wasn't someone that on paper we should ever have either got together or stayed together. We were very different people. I used to think that's what made it work. Obviously it did, but only for 18 years. So then I was thinking, well, what do I want from a partner? Do I want someone just like my ex? Do I just want to replace her? Do I just want to find someone who's a good mother to my kids? No, I, I definitely don't want to find a, a stepmom for them. I'm a single parent, or rather, a, rather than a single parent, I'm a solo parent. Whether I'm going to be single or in a relationship, I'm still responsible so, solely for my kids. So it was about, well, what do I want from a relationship then? What do I want from a partner? And that's kind of where I started my blog, was I was just trying to get some thoughts down, work through them challenge by challenge, take all the parts of, of dating and relationships and just attack them by, in bite-sized pieces and record it out there. Because when I started to think, well, what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? There literally was nothing else out there for how a man should go about dating. It was just either how to pick up chicks, you know, that old rubbish stuff from that kids read, or, well, or stuff from a girl, a female's perspective. It was nothing from a, just a guy. This is how you get back into the dating game. So how soon was it then afterwards that you, you went on your first date? 
I think I think my first date was probably about April-ish, having caught her in the January. Now, I knew really like quickly that I wasn't going to be ready for a relationship with the first person I met, certainly not after that amount of time. But I also knew that the journey that isn't started takes the longest to finish. So I wanted to get out to try and take the lessons I know from my day job, which is all about meeting people and talking and, and building relationships, and just try and work out which of those skills were transferable and start just realizing and reinforcing to myself that I did have a future. And that's why I quite liked at first the apps, because every time I saw someone on there that was attractive, it reminded me that there are attractive people out there looking for love, which gave me hope that you know, statistically, at least one of them might be interested in me. When I spoke to Lucy recently, we talked about the the kind of do's and don'ts of online dating. And she had some really wise words for men about the the pictures that they use and shouldn't use when they're dating online. What would your online dating do's and don'ts be? Oh, see, now this, this is something that actually I, I found really difficult early on because guys only really see the profiles of single women. We don't see the profiles of other guys, so we don't know how we stack up against everybody else. Thankfully, a few of the early people that I, I saw and met and, and so on, you know, so after a date, we'd end up swiping on each other's phones for each other. And I, we, they were, we'd turn into good friends. And so I'd end up seeing other guys' profiles. But otherwise, you've got no idea what women do and don't want. What I did do was look into it from a guy's perspective and, and say, well, you know, here's a load of things that I don't want to see in terms of women's profiles. Because again, they don't get told these. You know, whether it was... Uh, saying, well, this is a big list of things I don't want. I don't want someone who smokes. I don't want someone who drinks. I don't want someone who's got drama. I don't want this. If it's just a list of what you don't want, then you know what? Well, that that's shows me you're quite negative. I want positives. I want to see. I want to see a vision with you rather than things locked down. Um, a lot of women don't put any bio content in at all either themselves. So you're just kind of left hanging and guessing. How, how are you meant to start a conversation when you've got nothing to work from? It really frustrates me, to be honest. Yeah. So just go through that element, though, of the negatives then. Is, is that you see these lists? Do, do women draw up these lists of things that they don't want? Is that what what you're saying you see? All the time. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's remarkably inconsistent. You'll have some women who will say uh, they'll, they'll put a dozen pictures of themselves up from the gym and they'll say, I don't want someone who just shows off their six pack. OK. Uh, then you'll have uh, someone who says, I don't want drama. Um, I don't want someone who needs my time. My kids are my life. So of course they're your life. They're your kids. You shouldn't have to say that, you know. Um, all these things about being negative and what they don't want. Obviously, it's it's based and stemmed from their own relationships in the past. And there's, they've gone through and had these bad relationships. And they've had things that, that have, they've said, I don't want that to happen again. And that's all well and good. That's fine to have that sort of list in your mind. But don't have it there as a starting point because you're starting on what people haven't got. Um, and you can't, as a man, you can't really prove that as a negative. I can't prove I'm not an idiot. I can't prove that I'm not selfish. I can't prove all these things because you can't prove negative. Whereas if you start from the positive, well, I can definitely tell you about those. I can definitely give my thoughts and ideas rather than just me saying, honestly, I'm not as crap as all the rest. Please believe me. But essentially then, you're encouraging women to put up a positive vision of what they want, something you can buy into rather than a, a kind of list which effectively reflects on all their previous bad relationships. 
Yeah, and and to and to do uh, do it in a way that actually is true to them, rather than all these cliches. I mean, yeah, we we absolutely know you love cuddling on a sofa. We can take it for granted you love Sunday pub roasts and dinners out um, whenever you can. We can tell that your family is amazing and important to you. So are your friends. You don't need to say all that, all those cliches. Tell us something about you as an individual. I mean, do you, do you have you got a real love for Downton Abbey? Are you got a, a a hankering to go windsurfing one day. You know, give us something which is about you as an individual that then we can we can think about rather than just all these cliches that everybody cuts and pastes. Come on, be individual, be unique. When I spoke to Lucy, we had a, a discussion about what men and women want. And obviously, I have to recognise as I say that, that men are a very broad and varied group. They're not all the same. Women are a very broad and varied group. They're not all the same. But Lucy and I came to the conclusion that, speaking very broadly, men who go online dating want a shag. Women want a relationship. What do you make of that observation? Oh, you see, now this is where Lucy and I do disagree. Um, obviously, that's, everyone can only speak from their own experience. And if all the experience you've had have been idiots like that, then, of course, you're going to think all men are like that. They're really not. In fact, someone actually did a poll on Twitter recently and the, uh, the the poll kind of said, well, as a man, what are you looking for in a woman? And what do you think a woman's looking for in a man? And then the vice versa, what do women think from men and, vi- and so on? And overwhelmingly, the, and obviously this is, you know, polls and people can lie and virtue signal, but most men, the overwhelming majority, I think it was 70 or 80% of men said they were looking for a relationship and thought women were too, whereas almost all women just thought men were looking for a shag and it's just not true yeah i think the difference is men are looking for a relationship but would have sex with someone if the relationship wasn't on the cards whereas women may be looking for a relationship but won't have sex with a man if the relationship's not on the cards i think that might be the difference because i think both sides are still looking for long-term love whether they whether they kind of uh, accepted that's the truth or not and you clearly do. I mean, you're still blogging. In fact, you've kind of had a, a re-energy to your blogging uh, of late and you want to find that person. How close in those three years have you come to finding it? I like to think I have come close. Um, I've had I've had a number of kind of very, I'll call them short-term relationships. Uh, there's only been one actually where I've felt what I think is love. And I say I think because it, sadly for me, only only lasted about four months. Um, but from the moment I met her, I'd, I'd never, ever believed in true love before. Uh, you know, that kind of, you see someone across the room and you think, I love that woman. <laughs> you know, I didn't believe in love at first sight. Yet from the very first date, that was it. I was besotted. And so, and so was she. And I, I shan't go into details as to, to why it didn't didn't last, because that's not fair on on her. But yeah, it didn't last. That's the closest I've I've come to it. And yeah, if uh, I, again, I'm trying to take the positives out of it. I'm still feeling that because it happened with her, then that proves that it can happen. I can feel that depth of emotion and that trust and that that love for someone that I didn't know if I'd ever be able to feel again. Because you know, you, you feel like you're broken at times. You feel like, well, that's what I thought was love, but 
that was my, she screwed me over. So therefore I can't ever trust someone that much. I can't give them my heart and open up because I'll probably get hurt again. Mm. If that person should happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, is there any possibility of that relationship being resurrected? Uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't ended on bad terms. It, it was just a, a timing issue, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I've, I'd never closed that off, but equally I'm not going to be sitting hoping for it to sort itself out because hope is a terrible strategy to rely on. What's been your worst dating experience in these last three years? Well, everyone's got their dating horror stories. You know, the sort of stories where you turn up on a date and the person basically just wants free counselling. And I've I've sat and after an hour and a half, I've written a business plan with them because not with them, but for them, because they all they wanted to do was moan. So everyone's got those sort of stories or where you get stood up by having travelled for hours to get there, all those sort of things. But my most kind of memorable slash embarrassing slash worst kind of experience uh, came a couple of years ago and I'd been on a, a few dates with someone and we got on like a house on fire. It was really, uh, really fun, sort of grown up, mature, fully involved relationship. But then she had to move away up north. Uh, you know, it wasn't going to last. So we parted on very good terms and I thought nothing more of it. A couple of months later, I got a call from her to say, she's in town. Do I want to basically hang out for the night? I'm, I'm not going to say no. I was free and single and thought, why not? So went over to West London, uh, went out for dinner. Oh, I had cocktails first and went out for dinner, had a couple of bottles of wine. And and then before you know it, we ended up back at her hotel. And not, without going into too detail, too much details, um, it reached at whatever time it was. And I kind of woke up and thought, well, well as you do, I kind of need the lose. So I've kind of untangled limbs and crept up and crept over to just open the door as quietly as I could. So I didn't want to um, cause a problem, closed it quietly. And then I started walking a little bit and I thought, well, this toilet's, this toilet's bleeding long. Why, wait a minute, why are there other doors in this toilet? Why have those doors got numbers on them? <laughs> oh, damn. I'm in the corridor. <laughs> Absolutely as naked as the day I was born. Now, smart you thinks, okay, go back, knock on the door, get yourself let in. Uh, it'll be a laugh, whatever. Very, very drunk me said, that's a good idea. But so you don't wake her, just use the toilets on this floor and then go back and knock on. So I'm walking around and it wasn't until I passed the same door three or four times did I realize that there are toilets in every single room. Why the hell would there be toilets on the floor? Oh, okay. Fine. Go back to the room, knock yourself. Wait a minute, what? What? What room number was it? <laughs> I had no idea. Oh my god! So I, I thought, okay, uh, I, I'm going to have to go down to reception. There must be some sort of night staff here. So, thankfully, as I'd been walking around, I'd noticed a storeroom. So I managed to to get my way into this storeroom and grab the. <laughs> it was more like a flannel than a towel, but grabbed the towel, kind of wrapped it around myself a little bit. I thought, okay, I'll go down to the, the reception and 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 then basically just tell them what's happened. So as I've gone down in the lift, the doors have opened, expecting to see nothing but night staff. It wasn't until that moment I found out it was just about half past 11 and the local football match had finished, all the, the theatres had kicked out, all the restaurants. It was 
packed. It was like a convention centre. And at that point, I had two options. I could either hide, and God knows what I would have done, or I could own it. So I decided to do the latter. So I kind of uh, straightened my back, chin up, and kind of just stood in line, just just kind of eyeballing people. Saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just absolutely trying to own it. Of course, I got to the front of the queue um, and said, they said, uh, so I've been locked out of my room. I uh, just need to, to get back into it. I said, okay, no problem, sir. Uh, can you tell us your name? So I told them my name. They said, sorry, we haven't got you in there. Well, of course not. It's her room. Well, can you tell us her name? I can tell you her first name. <laughs> I mean, how how do you think you can't really <laughs> get past that? So eventually they kind of took pity on me and realized that I wouldn't have done this through choice. And they got a security guard to go and go back and let me in. And uh, it wasn't until I climbed back into bed that I thought I still haven't used a loo, but sorry, I'll, I'll wait till morning. Wow. That's not a, that's not a date gone wrong. That's a sitcom. That is. I still don't quite believe I've lived through it. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible story. And um, something rather more serious that you touched on a few moments ago was the question of trust, because you've had this really long-standing relationship, one that has got four kids as the result of it, and you're just tootling along with your life. And then all of a sudden, that trust, that underpinning of your life is absolutely broken. How do you ever trust anyone again i came to the realization fairly early that i will never trust anyone a hundred percent i absolutely had total utter faith in my ex just she would never ever have done that um we'd talked about it over the years what would happen and and all she'd wanted for her entire life was the life we had Certainly that's all she'd, she'd shared up until that point. And so not only did I didn't think she would, but he, I truly believed even if she had the opportunity to, she would not take that opportunity. So I just, pure, there was you know that, that thing inside you where it, it's not even a question. You know, it was she was as likely to cheat on me as one of my kids is to be an Arsenal fan. It's just not going to happen. Yet now I've realized it can happen. And if she can do it, anyone can do it. So I'm never going to have that 100% trust. But what I've said to myself is, okay, if not 100%, 99% should be good enough. And I'll have to live with that. Because you know everyone goes on about healing after relationship breaks up, healing after divorce and, and so on. Well, not everything heals. You know, If you slash your stomach open, yeah, you might actually be physically better, it might heal up, but you'll have a big scar and that will remind you of it and you'll be more careful next time you're around someone swinging a samurai sword. You know, if I've been in a relationship and it's hurt me that bad, that doesn't mean that I can't be in a relationship again. It doesn't mean I can't trust, but it does mean I'm always going to have that eye open. I'm always going to be not quite second guessing everything, but I'll be more aware of the signs and I'll, I won't just dismiss them i'll trust myself more and think well if it could happen with her then it can happen with anyone and that's it's kind of a sad thing to realize but it's also quite protecting i'm just doing it to protect myself a bit and to protect my kids as well and for all that you're still out there you're still putting yourself out into the dating world and it doesn't sound to me as though you you're gonna stop and until you do find that person you clearly want that in your life definitely 
Oh, I'm, I'm a couples person. I, I feel so much more happy and, and secure with someone. Um, and it, it brings out the best in me as well. And just because she did it doesn't mean everyone would do it. You know, there are great people out there and amazing people who, who maybe had the same thing happen to them. And it's not their fault that they're single and looking for love as well. And there's no reason why the two of us couldn't someday somehow hopefully find each other uh, amidst this big chaotic world we live in. Oh, Glenn, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. I wish you all the best in your dating endeavours. If people want to check you out, they can find you on Twitter, uh, a dating dad. That's the name of your blog as well. Very easy to find if you put that into a search engine and your podcast as well, Swiped Out. Real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining us tonight. My absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you are listening on. You can contact me via email, goldbergradio at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter too, at Goldberg Radio. Thanks very much.